And welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talk and Preps podcast. I'm host David Levake, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Rosemount Irish girls soccer coach Gretchen Stramel. Gretchen, it's good to be with you. Congratulations on your Irish qualifying for the state tournament. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, and Tuesday night was the big night where where the Irish got through and and are back at the state tournament. So, have you have you, uh, have you did you have a good night of sleep or not? I did. Thanks for having me, David. Um, it was a great night. The girls came out to play and really capitalized on their end goal of making it to the tourney. Your team is 18 and one. And how, tell, tell me if you just go off the top of your head, head, how many shutouts do you have out of eight out of 19 games? I think we have 15 or 16 shutouts. 16 is the number, 16. which is yeah. incredible. Um, is it, is it something where, you can go back, not that you'd really be in a hurry to relive this kind of thing, but is this something where you can go back and can you see all four of those goals in your mind and where things broke down? And, you know, there's not very many of them. So, and, and coaches tend to get a little bit into the whole what went wrong thing. Can you see all four of those in your mind? I actually can. Um, <laughs> the last one we got scored on was a PK, which is a tough call um, okay. in our Burnsville game. And then before that, uh, Prior Lake had a set play, um, played a really nice ball in and scored on it. And then it was the infamous Stillwater game, which was our only loss of the season. Uh, we had a couple of goals on us there, and actually one of them was an own goal at, towards the end mm. of the game. So, yeah, I can see them all very clearly. <laughs> the Stillwater loss, it came very early in the season, your fifth game. Um, you haven't. It's really hardly been touched since then, but what what don't we see when we look at the shutouts, when we look at the win streak? What what are the, the coaching points that you have to make? And where did this team take some strides in, in small ways that 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 might go beyond the, the obvious of, of the uh, success that you've had? Yeah, we really um towards the beginning of the year and kind of one of our main focuses was making sure that we could score. Um we in the years past have had a go-to goal scorer per se. Uh, we had Kenzie Jacobson a few years back uh, who, you know, led the conference in scoring and uh, did a wonderful job and was always the go-to. This team is a little different. We have a variety of scores, um, but one of our leading scorers from last year actually was injured or has been injured this season and not able to play. So a little bit That's of our that concern was, great. Yes, Ava. And uh, a little bit of our concern was where we were going to get our goals from and how we were going to create them. Uh, the girls figured it out, though. Uh, by the time we made, you know, a handful of games in, they really did hunker down and started playing some great combination play soccer. Well, and even maybe I think it's hard to pinpoint because sometimes in soccer, there's not a ton of goals anyway. But was this around the time, and you mentioned the Stillwater loss, you come back and you get five against Prior Lake and you get five against Wiper Lake. And those are competent soccer programs. Was that where you started to see that scoring start to take better shape because you had as many goals as you did in those games? Yeah, and we just started to see the opportunities, the scoring opportunities generated. Mm. Um, you know, eventually or hopefully the goals will go in and will fall. But sometimes, you know, you have a stingy goalie or just not getting the lucky bounces. Uh, but it was right around prior like that we started to see the opportunities to score uh, come about. And that was what was important as coaches for us to see. 
um, then we could fine tune the idea of how do we make it quality shots on that. And to your point, you know, Taylor Heimerl has got 19 goals. I'm going to take Ryland Rintoul. Am I saying that right? Correct. Okay, 16 goals from her. Shea Pay, uh, another nine, and Jessica Oliver, eight. So that's four scores with, with pretty good numbers. Um, and all of, them, all of them, I should point out, have at least seven assists. So they're, they're doing a lot of good things, moving the ball and, and using one another by the looks of it. What, what, what am I not seeing beyond just this very basic score sheet as far as how they work so well together and, and make it happen for Rosemont? Well, these girls work really well with one another. Um, you know, they're hard to defend because they just don't stay put. Uh, they're very versatile on the field and they're moving about. It also helps that they do have um, the defense they have, you know, defense is kind of not a glamorous position. There's not a lot of stats other than their shutouts to show what they're providing, but our outside backs, our stopper and our sweeper um, do a magnificent job of feeding that ball up and helping the forwards, you know, be able to push up the field and create the offense that they do. Um, our defense has done a great job of obviously of being stingy with goals, but they, have done a wonderful job in contributing to the offense as well in kind of an unseen way. Sure. Sure. You mentioned uh, on your uh, all Metro team nominations, one of those defenders you mentioned was Grace Bartlam. Who else comes to mind when you're talking about the strength that, that comes from that decor or those the wings you mentioned? Uh, Olivia bowl is our sweeper. She's been playing back there since she was a freshman um, and continues to be solid. She actually has, three goals and three assists on the season. Um, mm -hmm. She's got a great head and she's put in some great goals on corner kicks this year so far. Um, and she does very well playing those long balls when they're least expected. Uh, she play, does a lot of our set pieces and that's gotten her three assists on the season. Um, so Olivia has been a huge contributor to our offense and obviously our defense. Um, we also have another outside back, Sammy Moosing and she, um, like Grace compliments the other side of the field and the two of them do a wonderful job of helping out our outsides um, to create some overlapping runs and some give and goes and just giving them the flexibility as outside wings to not have to get back every time because their defensive play has been so solid. And then goal, of course, you've got, uh, sorry, clicking around here, Jordan Hecht. Uh, she's got, uh, all well, almost all those clean sheets on her. Uh, looks like she is. She's played in 18 of the games. If, if I'm seeing that right, uh, she's played in all every game. Okay, she, she is. Played in all. Okay. She hasn't played in two halves. Um, okay, a couple right. of games we uh, put in Burnsville in sections, and then in Rochester Century, um, we had our backup keeper in the second Come half. On. And then she's a great athlete in her own right, but I'm, I, so I'm not trying to take anything away from her. I'm trying to – I'll fumble through a, a sports comparison here. You can hopefully make something of it and kind of answer what I'm, what I'm getting at. And that is, you think, I think about basketball, and you think about defense and basketball, you, you see people who are, are great shot blockers. And people – I've seen it in, in talk people that know basketball talk about blocking shots, and, yes, there's a value in it. However, sometimes it's the last resort because that person, the, the defender had to get over and, and block someone's shot when it would have been 
preferable to to not allow the shot to begin with and and you know if, if you if you keep your feet you keep your the player in front of you you know you can neutralize situations that way uh and, and the shot block like i said is kind of a last resort what what is when you think about your defense and the, the consistent amount of success it has had what are you doing well because it's not just jordan making a bunch of crazy saves i imagine although i'm sure she made some big ones it's your defense what it's it's keep keeping people to the perimeter it's taking the ball away and possessing more what, what goes into this this run of defensive success you know, our defense is pretty basic. We play a man-to-man defense. Uh, we emphasize touch-type play, so knowing where your girl is. We emphasize stepping in front and not allowing our player even to receive the ball. Then we don't have to worry about the player turning and attacking the net. Um, so far, it's worked for us. Uh, Jordan <laughs> does a great job in the back directing, uh, making sure girls stay marked and communicating with the defense as well. Um, which has helped immensely. Uh, Jordan is getting a little bit more aggressive in the back as well. She's very good on the field. So she'll come out and play balls when she sees the opportunity. Um, She's very confident in her soccer skills. And so is the team. And they use her as an 11th player on the field. Sure, sure. And and we talked about this before and things that I've read. Part of the the secret of success of this team is the continuity. There's, uh, five freshmen uh, who have reached the state semifinals back in 2019. Ava Great was one of those. She's she's not able to contribute on the field this year, but for the rest that do, and, and we've mentioned them pretty much all here: Hecht and Bull and Heimro and Payne. What does it mean to have that core group that that has the experience, but also sets that tone for the whole rest of the team? How how has that pushed Rosemount to where it is? You know, they've done a great job of taking in all newcomers and making sure everybody that's not part of that five that started as freshmen feel that they're part of the team equally Um, and really embracing the idea of team and whatever it takes. Uh, They do a nice job of being very open-minded when us as coaches make changes or decide somebody's going to play a different position. Um, and just that positive attitude, uh, they all are so excited for one another's successes, which is great to see. Um, a lot of times when you have as much talent as we do on a team, you can see that it can cause um, problems. Uh, they really are excited for each other. They're excited for the schools they're committing to and the awards they've earned. Um, they're excited for people when they score, the assists. I mean, it's all there. Uh, and they're very humble young ladies. At what point in the season did you clinch the South Suburban? Uh, we clinched it when we uh, beat Burnsville. That was the 11 nothing victory? Yeah. Okay, so you clinched there. You just Last night you clinched the section championship. And so I'm, what I'm getting at is, this is a team that ultimately went to the state tournament last year and lost in the third place game. And, you know, the, you're, you're on Twitter, the tag, the hashtag is always unfinished business. Are you still encouraging the girls to savor things like clinching, clinching the South Suburban Conference, clinching the opportunity to go to state? Is there still time along the journey to enjoy that? Kind of like you see baseball players popping champagne after all these different divisional playoff series and things. Are they enjoying the journey and not not too hyper-focused on the unfinished business part? 
Uh, that's something we tackled right at the beginning of the season when we <laughs> talked about goal setting. Because as you can imagine, that whole group of seniors, if you ask them what their end game was, their final goal, it was a state championship. Sure. Um, as coaches, we recognize the importance of setting smaller goals, kind of building blocks or stair steps to their end goal. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, it, the conference championship was part of it. Shutouts were part of it. Um, people scoring goals were part of it. Awards earned are part of it. Uh, section tournaments part of it now you know really emphasizing to them to enjoy every moment these girls uh, you know they played in a championship game for them to play in a championship game is their end goal and they tell you hands down we're going to win it Um, Mm -hmm. they are excited and confident and as we get closer it's a little bit harder to rein them in (laughs) <laughs> but they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, uh, sure. which is all we can ask for. Years ago, Totino Grace football, shutouts come a little bit less frequently in football, but when Totino Grace would get a shutout the, the, on Saturday, the coaches would bring donuts to the team meeting as, a, as an incentive, as a reward. Is there, anything, is there an incentive program with Rosemount for shutouts, or do we need to get one started? I think we need to get one started. I'm not sure my <laughs> girls would be eating donuts, but. Uh, well, no, not, not if they're pitching that many shutouts in the season. No, that would not be a good idea. But come yeah, up with they, uh, I think it comes to, they expect it of each other. There's something to the idea of them expecting. I don't want to say perfection, but expecting mm-hmm. a lot of one another and not wanting to let each other down. Um, sure. And I think that's enough for them. What's it been like, you know, misery loves company. Uh, the Rosemount boys lost in the championship game last year. I don't know how tight the two programs are, but is there kind of a joint unfinished business mentality that's pushing both the Rosemont boys and girls forward this year a little bit? I think it is an awesome environment to be part of Rosemont high school right now. When it comes to mm-hmm. that, uh, the boys game went down to the final minutes last night and, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of, went in that way last year as well. Um, they're the underdogs. I mean, they were the three seed. They beat the two seed and then they finished off with the one seed last night. So we're obviously very excited for them. Um, and I know it's reciprocated for us and for both teams to be back. Uh, I think we both have a vision at our end goal. Were you playing simultaneously last night? I know you were at home at Rosemount and the boys were playing at Eastview, but were they simul- were, were they going on at the same time or did you were they was one early and one late? How did that work last night? We played at 4:30 and then actually our referee team went over to Eastview and the boys played at 7:15. Okay. Um, so all the girls left our field and ran right over to the boys game to watch I'll them. Say, yeah, because it wasn't a, a great distance, but okay, I was wondering if, if you guys were able to, to celebrate and, and be there. What a fun evening. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was great. Um, you know, it, it makes, it pays off sitting in the cold that long to have the success <laughs> we did. Yeah, if you're going to sit that long, you better have something good happen at the end. All right, so now it's time to put you on the spot, Gretchen. We've got the t- state tournament field in place. Uh, and I've got the teams if you need a refresher, but maybe you've already run through this among yourselves on, as a coaching staff. First of all, when do you seed this thing? When does the state tournament get seeded? Uh, we seed Saturday morning. Okay. 
So I write this every year for hockey. Uh, so let me tell me if this sounds like the soccer process as well. I wrote on Saturday morning, each head coach cast electronic votes for the other seven qualifying teams. The highest and lowest votes for each team were excluded and the top five teams were awarded seeds. The remaining three teams were placed by blind draw. Is that the soccer process? Yep, it is. Okay. How would you put it together? How would you, uh, what do you think? Because it's, it's a, it's an interesting field that, Going off of the last coaches poll, you've got teams one through three included, including your Irish, who were, who were number two mm-hmm. in the final poll. You've got the eighth team and you've got the tenth team. How do you see yourself putting this together? Uh, you know, just kind of offhand, I think, yeah, the one, two, and three, however they fall, I think will end up being Wyzetta and Stillwater and us. Um, yeah. Four or five is a little bit different just because uh, there was a little bit of an upset last night, I think, with Blaine and Centennial. Centennial yeah. won in a shootout. Um, I would have put right. Blaine and Edina four or five, but I don't know what will happen. I think Edina will be a four or five position. And then, you know, you have kind of your underdogs. Uh, Lakeville South is a little bit of an underdog. Um, yeah. Coming. Mounds um, View. Yep. And then yeah, St. Michael, Michael I mean, they beat Sartell, who was, I'm pretty sure, undefeated, if I remember. They were correctly. undefeated. They were, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's going to kind of mix it up. And, you know, with the blind draw, you just, you never know what, you know, being a one, two, or three is, tells you what time you're going to play at and what your second game may look like if you can beat the first team. But it, uh, it doesn't give you a lot to go off of. Why well, is that a, Feels like a lock for number one. They're undefeated. They had a great schedule. Would you be good with the Trojans in the number one spot? Yeah, I think that they've uh, earned it with quite the season they've had. And I guess the biggest debate is is what to do with Rosemount Stillwater because they beat you head to head. But yeah, as your one loss, um, Stillwater's got a couple losses. They're defending champs. Is that you kind of interested to see how that plays out and, and what people think of how that what that should look like? Yeah, I think the coaches, I mean, coaches do their due diligence and they'll do their research. They'll, you know, we played, um, we've played South. Obviously, we played Stillwater. We haven't played a lot of the other teams. We scrimmaged Edina and Centennial at the beginning of the year. And I think the coaches will just use that and kind of, you know, they have the QRFs they look at. They've got obviously statistics and all that fun stuff and kind of make their best educated um guess as to how it's all going to pan out do you you, your players is this one do they start thinking about scenarios and you have to tell them hey you know what like you said it doesn't make much difference we'll have a number next to our name but still got to go play soccer the way we you know know we can play you're trying to keep the focus for the players there rather than worrying about what ifs and such and such yeah they're pretty good i think most of the girls state soccer players at this point have one goal in mind and that's to make it past the first round. Cause it means you get to go to the bank. Yeah, Everyone right. wants to make it from playing outside. <laughs> Very good. Well, that sounds good. Well, I appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, wish Rosemont well, be interested to see how the seating plays out on Saturday and, and uh, we'll be catching you soon, very soon someplace, whether it's the, in the, uh, the, the, uh, um, neutral site for the quarterfinals or, or you know, if things go well uh, in the domes or in the, in the Viking stadium, excuse me, I'm showing my age by calling it a dome. So. <laughs> but, but I appreciate it, Gretchen. Thank you for your time and good luck to your Irish. Thank you very much, David.